Welcome to the podcast today. Jen and I are talking about being Talmudim today. That is learners, specifically in our context, learners of Jesus. We're going to be talking about some passages out of the Old Testament, some out of the New Testament, and what we've learned about being Talmudim. Listen in and enjoy. Welcome back. We're glad to be with you today. Mm -hmm. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. We are talking about Talmud or Talmudim today. To begin, we're going to talk about a little concept that we kind of touched on with Lois a couple weeks ago called stringing the pearls together. In her book, Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus, she says, Having said that, it's difficult to overestimate the love that rabbis had for their Bible. On a good day, they would link text after text after text. A story is told about Ben Azai, a rabbi from the early 2nd century. One day, when Ben Azai was teaching, it is said that the fire flashed around him. He was setting his audience ablaze with his preaching. When someone asked him what his secret was, he replied, I was linking up the words of the Torah with one another, and then the words of the prophets, and the prophets with the writings, and the words rejoiced as on the day they were delivered from Sinai. And were they not originally delivered from Sinai in fire? Ben Azai was said to be stringing pearls, bringing together passages from different places in order to explore their great truths. When he did this, it was as if the words themselves became so excited to be together that they burst into flames. Mm -hmm. We see Jesus do this all the way through the New Testament. Yes. He continually links back to things in the Old Testament. So as we are looking today, we're going to link some things from the Old Testament and the New Testament and talking about how to be Talmud or Talmidah as our our case, because that's Mm -hmm. feminine, how, how we do that, how we live that out. Awesome. Yes, it is exciting to see how Scripture, as we've talked about on here many times, that it it links together from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end. There is a common uh, thread that runs through, and we get to see that uh, played out when when Jesus teaches, and and those pearls come together from Old Testament and New Testament, and it's it's a beautiful yeah, thing how it all, all works connected. together. It's all connected. It's all connected. We've been saying that for a year and a half now, and yep. I think we will probably go to our graves saying that. Yep. <laughs> Yes. So the word Talmud is the Hebrew word for student or learner. Mm-hmm. That word is actually from the root word lamad, which has the connotation of being learning and teaching. Hmm. It's not just one or the other. We tennis tend here in the West want to say, oh, well, we learn something and that's the end of it. Or we teach something and that's the end of it. No, this word encompasses both. And so as a Talmud, as a learner, we are expected to learn and take it in, but then we're expected to pass it on. That sounds a lot like what we talk about with discipleship. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the big part that we're going to talk about today is, is discipleship and how do we live that out. One of my favorite Bible teachers, Christy McClelland, has a quote that she says that you've not really learned something until you can pass it on hmm. and you can teach it to somebody else. Which is true, because if I don't know how to do something in the kitchen, if I don't know how to cook a meal, I can't possibly teach my kids how to, t- yeah. how to cook it. If I don't know how to do a task, I can't teach someone else how to do that task until I've learned it myself. Sure. Yeah. it's a That's a very practical way to mm-hmm. look at it. I mean, even maybe doing like math problems or mm-hmm. something with your with your kids or until you actually do it and then show them how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not sure you, you've yeah. quite learned what to so, do. 
taking that to a scriptural standpoint, mm-hmm. how can we pass on the word if we don't know the word? Mm. Good We're point. never going to know all of it, but God teaches us something every single day in his word when we come to it. And as he is teaching us more and more and more, the spirit uses that to pour out to other people around us. But yes. we have to learn it. We have to be in it. We have to study it and grow in it. And we grow best when we have accountability, don't we? Yes, absolutely. It's always nice to have someone who's pushing you and questioning yes. you. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. And the term for that is hover or hovering when it's a group. We talked about that briefly with Lois, mm-hmm. and that is like a study partner, somebody, a friend, a friend to study with. So a way that stringing the pearls together here, as we even get started, is looking back to haver, haverim, that idea of studying together, learning together. It, it spurs each other on. It mm. challenges us. It's shown in the Old Testament, in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a person sharpens his friend. Oh. We can't do it alone, guys. We're not meant to do it alone. God, in the very beginning, saw that it was not good for man to be alone. Right. And he gave a companion that was there to stand side by side and face to face, contending for the way of the Lord together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're to do that here still today. Yes. And when we can talk through scripture and learn from each other, Mm -hmm. that's how we grow. That's how we grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the first century, Jesus modeled a form of apprenticeship hmm. for his disciples. The, the disciples were asked to follow him, and then they left everything. They followed him to learn his teaching, to learn how he interacted hmm. with people, how he loved people. And they did that by being with him 24-7. So that's why we've got like the disciples who were fishermen Mm -hmm. and he would say come follow me and i'll make you fishers of men and they would leave they just left everything and and took off or um matthew who was a a tax collector collector, Mm -hmm. he just dropped what he was doing and took off with with jesus to follow him yeah Yeah, because this was was a commitment it was a commitment (laughs) this was not an unusual concept for them in this day Mm. us it's really unusual for us to say oh i'm just going to drop everything and take off yeah you know college students aside or 20-somethings aside who just decide to pick up and move to the other side of the world. Right, right. But in general today in the West, we don't do that. We have to have a plan and you have to have everything laid out. Mm -hmm. But there are still apprenticeship programs Mm -hmm. that we follow here in America. True, yeah. Like I I could think of um, maybe a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go and you you have to put in several hours in order to get certified. and Linemen, electrical linemen, they go and do apprenticeships. And Uh, you're just watching and learning mm -hmm. from professionals who've already gone that route. Yeah, it takes a while. If apprenticeship is valued here Mm -hmm. for jobs, for, for technical skills, how much more important is it for us as believers to live in an apprenticeship model with Jesus. Right. To to give up everything and follow mm-hmm. him completely. Yeah. yeah. To put in the time to put in and the, time the intentionality. And the intention of it. Mm-hmm. There's a quote from, from a website called Hebrew for Christians. And it says, education is therefore foundational to being a disciple of the Messiah. And the Great Commission is for each of us to share his teaching with others. That's straight out of Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be in Havarim. We have to have people that we're studying with, people that we're growing with, but our focus is not us. Our Mm -hmm. focus is not what we're doing, how we're doing it. Our focus is on a relationship with Jesus, and it has to be that kind of focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see this example 
in the Old Testament. Again, mm-hmm. we're gonna gonna string some pearls here. Elisha, Elijah, and Elisha. We're gonna <laughs> go back to their story in First Kings. Elijah had gotten at crosshairs with Ahab and Jezebel. Mm. He had told them what what was wrong. He had confronted the prophets of Baal, and Ahab went to Jezebel and told her all that Elijah had done, and she lost it. Mm. She says in verse 1 of 19, She sent a messenger to Elijah with this warning. May the gods judge me severely if by this time tomorrow I do not take your life as you did theirs, meaning the prophets of Baal. Hmm. So she was livid with Elijah. Elijah became scared and he ran. He took off into Beersheba, into the wilderness by himself. Mm -hmm. He ended up in a cave. God came to him and spoke to him. And these are the words that God said to him. Um, I'm going to jump in at the very end of them. And it says, Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Meholah, to take your place as prophet. So he's, God is instructing Elijah to set up one to take his place, mm. which is the, the, the first century model of Talmud mm-hmm. with a rabbi and a student because Elijah was the rabbi, Elisha was the student that was coming along and going to learn from him. Continuing on in verse 19, it says, Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Saphat. He was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen. He was near the 12th pair. Elijah passed by him and threw his robe over him. He left the oxen, meaning Elisha, ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, then I will follow you. Elijah said to him, Go back. Indeed, what have I done to you? Elisha went back and took his pair of oxen and slaughtered them. He cooked the meat over a fire that he made by burning the harness and yoke. He gave the people meat and they ate. Then he got up and followed Elijah and became his assistant. Hmm. We see a couple of things here. Elisha promptly sacrificed everything. Yes, he asked to go back and say goodbye, but in doing so, he was providing for his family. He he killed the oxen and gave them the meat. Mm. He also took his livelihood. How he was making a living was through those oxen and through the yoke Mm -hmm. that was over them and burned it Mm. to be able to sacrifice them. Then he walked away from his family, his home. He just walked away from everything. I love this quote. It says that clearly Elisha hadn't just acquired a new hobby or signed up for an evening Sunday school class. He could skip whenever life was too busy. He was all in. Yeah, all in. He was all in with everything that he had. Mm -hmm. He gave it all up Mm -hmm. and went. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Discipleship is about that all in. It's about giving everything that we have and walking away from our current life. Yes, that might might not mean that you walk out of your home. <laughs> it might not mean that you sell your car, but it means a heart transformation. Yes. God is asking for discipline in our lives of being in the word and the spiritual rhythms of prayer and, and some other things. But it's about that transformation that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our life to make us more like Christ. Right. Yeah, I just that picture of Elisha you know, burning everything. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely a commitment yeah. uh, that he was heading into and, and not a hobby. Like, I, I like that quote. Yeah. That was good. Because so many times things in our spiritual life take second place. Mm-hmm. They're not priorities. They're not priorities. Mm-hmm. They, they're they easily passed on if something better comes along or something that we think is more important. Mm-hmm. But the spiritual disciplines that we must enact to be in a relationship and grow close to Jesus 
are the things that we have to do on a regular basis. If we right. keep putting things off, our relationship with him can't grow. Right, right. As a disciple, they accorded as much or more respect for their rabbi mm -hmm. as they did for their own biological father. That's a lot of respect. That yeah. is a lot of respect. And the rabbi felt the same. There's a quote by a rabbi that, that Lois mentions in her book. She says, um, if a disciple is sent into exile, his rabbi should go with him. Yeah, that sounds like commitment too. Yes, mm -hmm. it's a commitment that goes both ways, that we have to submit, but he's going to follow and he's going to do everything he can to build us up. Mm -hmm. Who is that a picture of? Je Jesus. Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just is, it's a beautiful deeper, fuller understanding of our relationship with Jesus when we mm -hmm. look at him as a rabbi in this context, in this perspective. Mm -hmm. Another pearl that we're going to talk about is in the New Testament. Chapter 22 of Luke, verse 24 says, A dispute started among them, meaning the disciples, mm -hmm. over which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. So Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them and those in authority over them are called benefactors. Not so with you. Instead, the one who is greatest must become like the youngest and the leader like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is seated at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is seated at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are the ones who have remained with me in my trials. Thus, I grant to you a kingdom just as my father granted me that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So they're, they're jockeying for position. They're trying to say, oh, I'm, I've done this. I've done this. Mm -hmm. you know, in our modern times, I went to Sunday school. I went to church. I went to choir. I went to Wednesday Bible study. Mm -hmm. I checked off reading every day. The year of reading through the Bible. Mm -hmm. I checked off memorizing this week. These are things that we do and want to put up there as look at me, look at me, look what I did. Mm -hmm. Instead of, are we humbling ourselves before him and saying, how do you want to make me more like you? Right, right. Yeah. And I think that's a very human response. Mm -hmm. We just, we want to, we want to yeah. know that we're checking off the list and that yeah. we're doing all that we can yeah. <laughs> to be good. And, you know, the list is, the list is valid. The list is a good expectation of what we can do to grow mm -hmm. our relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because the more we're in the word, the more we pray and talk with him, the more we're going to understand him and know him and be more like him. Mm -hmm. But that's not, that's not the, it's not about the knowledge. It's not about the knowledge. It's about the transformation. Right. Right. Yes. And if we continually just take in information, but there's never any life change, mm -hmm. then yeah. we're, we're getting nowhere. Right. And we're benefiting no one. Right. Yeah. Let's flip over to Matthew 11 real quick. Verses 29 through 30 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. So if we go back to Elijah and Elisha at the very beginning, mm -hmm. we see that Elisha burned his yoke. Mm -hmm. He burned mm -hmm. the yoke of his oxen, which was a heavy wooden contraption that they put on top of the yoke to connect two of them so that they would go in the same direction to put on top of the oxen, oxen. yes mm -hmm. to put on top of the mm -hmm. oxen so that they would go in the same direction so right. that one wouldn't pull one direction and one pull another they would both be able to pull and move plows and and carts and different things in the same direction mm -hmm. with their strength that's a very hard hard illustration of a yoke mm -hmm. here jesus is saying 
my yoke is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm -hmm. For a long time, I didn't understand that phrase in there because when my mind heard yoke, Mm -hmm. I went to ox Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. yoke that goes on their shoulders on their back. Mm -hmm. So this was a very Hebraic thing that Mm -hmm. I didn't understand until maybe four or five years ago. When a rabbi talked about his yoke, he was talking about his teachings. Mm. He was talking about um, the things and the way that he interpreted scripture, not a wooden structure, wooden contraption that was on top of their shoulders, because my mind immediately went to that. Sure, sure. But that's not what they mean. They mean that their teaching, Mm -hmm. he meant his teaching is light. Other rabbis, their teaching was still heavy because they were teaching the law. Right. They were teaching the law that we're not able to keep. Right. There's hundreds and hundreds of laws that we physically cannot and, keep. Ourselves. And they were adding to it. Yes. Yeah, and making it even it. harder. Absolutely. So. so their yoke was hard and heavy mm-hmm. according to what Jesus was, uh, in contrast to what Jesus was teaching. Because he was teaching himself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he was teaching that he was the, the way. fulfillment yeah, yes, of the law. He was the mm-hmm. fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And he was it's all, easy and light. Mm-hmm. Easy I like that light. way better than yeah. hard and heavy. And Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and one of the verses we've been learning in our Bible study is uh, 1 John 5, 3. Loving God means keeping His commandments, mm-hmm. and His commandments aren't burdensome. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the things that He asks us to do... Um, we can we can see them. We can know that they are meant for our good mm-hmm. and for and to keep us safe and to give us the best life possible. They're not meant to be burdensome. They're right. meant to be be light and um, easy. Uh, and with the Holy Spirit, that is possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, how do we live out being disciples today? Jen and I have both in, been in discipleship groups mm-hmm. over the years. We sure. have worked with other women um, and encouraged them to be disciple makers as well. We don't make disciples of ourselves. No. We don't say, okay, you guys do exactly what I do because I've got it all figured out. Because we don't. Our goal is to point people to Christ. In John 1, 36 and 37, John the Baptist was standing talking to two of his disciples. And he said, behold, he looked off in the distance and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in verse 37, John's two disciples immediately went and followed Jesus. Mm, yes. That's what discipleship should be. Yeah. That we are pointing to the one and we can say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And people want to hear and to follow him. Yes. And it makes me think of that um, when the disciples, um, when people would hear them talk, they would they would take note that they had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing you want to, when you're with people, that's, you want to always point them back to mm-hmm. the Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope that today's conversation has been a little bit enlightening on what being a Talmud or a Talmudah mm-hmm. is and what that means and how that looks in our lives. And as we close, we just like to quote Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is a reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. Mm. 
that's our life. That's our life as disciples. Mm-hmm. We point to Jesus, and we don't let this world conform our hearts and our minds because we're renewing it through Scripture mm-hmm. to be more like Him. Yes, and just allowing the Holy Spirit to make that that yoke. Remember, the yoke is easy and light. Mm-hmm. Just uh, trusting Him, following Him, His commandments. They're not burdensome. Absolutely not. Have a great day. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.